Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. So today, I'm actually super excited to bring you this guest, someone that I'm uh, really proud to have on the show uh, and really excited to see what he's been able to create after a very successful AFL career uh, and go on to do some really incredible things. So we have an AFL premiership player. We have the Greek God Gladiator. We have a winner of Dancing with the Stars, a very successful businessman, a father and a husband, uh, and someone that I think is a real big motivation and role model to a lot of people inside the sporting world and outside of the sporting world. We have Anthony Kudafidis. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you, Jamie. Great to be on here. Thanks, mate, for making the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, We're going to get stuck straight into rapid fire. So we've got about 23 Questions, quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Yep, no problem. Let's do it. Favorite song right now? No, oh, man, I'm, I'm an 80s lover, man. I, I don't know. I'm just anything 80s. 80s, like. all right. I'm not the most 80s. All right, all right. Favorite song to get pumped up to? You're in the gym, you're about to do your PV. Favorite song? Oh, mate, they vary over the time. I don't know my idea, man. I, I was at the gym today listening to love songs, and that's a terrible <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm a little bit unique and different, but it was, it's always probably based around the 80s and 90s music that I grew up with. I love songs. I love it. I love it. Favourite movie? Uh, look, the, I think the Rockies, the first four Rocky movies would have to be right up there. And I always say Shawshank Redemption as well. That was another one that sort of touched me. So. Of the four Rockies, which one would you say is your favourite? I reckon four, man. Yvonne, that, that's my favorite too. The training, yeah, with the training in the man, snow, those, the songs, yeah, we talk about motivational songs. I mean, they, they were just quality. Yeah, I've actually got that on my um, heart on fire. I've got that on my uh, on my yeah. on my running playlist for sure. There you go. See, yeah, favorite book, uh, book, I think Think and Grow Rich, yeah, favorite color, uh, green. I thought you were going to say blue. I know, most of them would think, but uh, in primary school, I was a house captain for the green team. Oh, uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. I like it. I like it. Go-to meal? Uh, Mum, beanie, tan, pasta. pasta. Any pasta. Yeah, good. Good. Favourite TV show? I don't really watch TV, really. Um, I don't know. In the past, I don't know. Happy days. Ago, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm not a TV man. Oh, these questions do, always get me because I'm not. I'm a bit different. Oh, I love it. I love it. Your first job? Uh, my first job was. Uh, what did I do? First job. I think I worked. Uh, my first job would have been at Just Jeans. I reckon. Yeah, Just Jeans. Just in a warehouse. Just Jeans. I like it. Your biggest sporting slash celebrity idol growing up. Um. I was mad athlete, so I, I loved Carl Lewis growing up. Carl Lewis. I, and actually, I, I can't say because I love, and later on, I guess it was David Robinson and your Michael Jordans, you know, in, in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. So. All right, cool. One thing you hate or dislike and you can't say coriander. Oh, God, that's in food. Doesn't have to be food, it can be anything. Oh, I hate. I've got no idea, man. Well, I don't know. We'll come uh, back to it. We'll come back tomorrow. to it. We'll come back to it. This one's good. Your funniest or craziest thing you've done? Funniest or crazy? Why do these questions always get me? I, I, I just, I've always been, never been that sort of person. I don't know. What about in the footy? Crazy. What about in the Carlton days? Something funny, like the funniest thing that happened in the Carlton days. <sighs> Who knows what the funniest thing? I don't know. There was a lot of funny moments, but I don't know if there was one clear one. All right, we'll know. come back. We'll come back. Uh, are you more of a book or audio book? Uh, book. Book, book. Summer or winter? Uh, it used to be summer. I, I love winter. Okay, now. okay. What is something that you haven't done yet that you'd really love to do, though? Probably travel some of the world. Like, I've been to the Greek islands, but probably to travel there with a the family. Not at this stage, but that was something before all this stuff happened. Yeah, something definitely. that I would have loved to have done and probably would have done this year or next year anyway. Yeah. But anyway, not now. <laughs> definitely not now. We can't even go interstate no. without having a problem. Um, sum up your mindset in one word. 
Um, I guess I've learned to become resilient. I like it. I like it. Proudest moment personally and then proudest moment professionally. Well, then personally, the kids, and you know, three kids. Um, uh, professionally, the grand final 1995, that was a great state of my life, yeah. What was it like? Uh, oh, I can go on for 20 minutes if you want about it. <laughs> One minute. The film was, yeah, maybe we'll wait till if you ask me the question. Okay, well, that's the, a question uh, I'm going to write here. Yeah. 1995, yeah, great. Write, write that down. That way I can answer that probably better than these In questions. In detail. I like it. I like it. Tell us something, Cooter, that no one knows about you. I guess a lot of, I don't know, like uh, I collect sneakers. Maybe not a lot of people know. Anyway, I love my sneakers. Always have ever since I was young. Sneakers. I like it. Cool. What's been your greatest failure? And you can substitute failure for a different word if you want, but greatest failure that ended up being your best lesson. Um, I don't know about failure, man. Like I've had a lot of, I guess, lessons in life. Uh, I don't know. There's been some tough moments. I'm not sure about failure. I don't know. I don't know. I never really see this failure. You know what I mean? Totally. Like if you're talking about tough lessons, I always look at my father. Him passing away was the toughest lesson and the hardest time in my life. So yeah, I like it. If you could choose any one person in the world to have lunch with, you got a two-hour time limit. Who would it be, and where would you have it? Probably uh, Ben Johnson. Uh, 1998, he won the Olympic uh, gold medal, but you know he got caught on steroids. But just a phenomenal athlete. I'd love to just talk to him about. I thought that was the greatest race in my time in 1998, mm-hmm. the Seoul Olympics, and that build-up was enormous. So I'd love to spend time with him just to, you know, get his thoughts and, and stuff. Do you have a, a preferred lunch location? No, mate, I, I'm not fussy. I don't care whether it's gourmet or <laughs> mate, just the traditional whatever. I, I'm, I'm pretty easy. I though. like it. I like it. What was 10-year-old Cooter like? 10-year-old? Yeah. Mate, I was lazy <laughs> and just... Uh, I was lazy, a family boy, love mum and dad and my brothers, and uh, just love sport. And that's a that's a sort of kid that we just roamed around the neighbourhoods with my mates, yeah, so. riding bike, kicking the footy around. I love it. I love it. Hundred percent, man. What's um 100%. What's one trait that you find would be trait, skill, you know, quality, value, belief, whatever, out of those is that you see consistent around the closest, say, five people in your life, but the one that's most important to you as well. Doing my business now, um, maybe personal growth, like our business really uh, focuses on that. So maybe the people around me, it's that sort of area. Yeah, yep. nice, nice. Last question. Last question as we wrap up rapid fire. Good, good, Jay. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, let's throw Your favorite superhero? Oh, Superman. Superman? Yeah. I like it. Well, that's rapid Superman. fire. Yeah, close second, maybe He-Man, Master of the Universe. I used to love that. There's probably a lot of young kids out there listening or young people who wouldn't even know who He-Man yeah. is. 100%. 100%. I like it. Well, that's rapid 100%. fire. Well done. We got through it. Thank you for that. Uh, one question to follow up on the back of that. You know, Kuda, what's been one thing that you've learned, well, probably more so last year and a little bit into now, but one thing that you learned about yourself throughout COVID? It was a tough period, like when we the, the initial shock of you know the lockdown and everything that was going on and businesses closing really hit me. I mean, obviously you just don't know what's on the other side of it, but with lockdown, what I what I said to myself is that I was going to lock myself into a routine and just stick to it. And I think that was important because we people can lose their way in lockdown and start. To, you know, we heard of people going and grabbing alcohol and doing all those things, and that's okay to start off with. But three, six, nine, twelve months later, it's going to have a dire effect on a lot of totally. People and so I locked down into a routine and a schedule as if I, I was still working, and so I really utilized that time to really develop myself and get myself better, and that's what I did. And it was actually a really good time for me because not only did I work on myself and spend a lot of time just really focusing on growing my business and my people, I uh, spent a lot of time with uh, the wife and the kids too, and spent time you know walking with them and stuff like that. It worked out to be a really nice period. So nice. yeah, I learned a lot through that. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Um, so look, in the intro we. I labeled so many things. Um, you've you've done so much. You're doing so much. You're going to do so much more. You know, is there anything that you haven't done yet that you're like, you know what, that's next on the list for what I want to do? 
you know what? I'm just going to work daily. I mean, I love what I do now, my business now. Definitely. Uh, with the Herbalife business, working my team, we've got an international team. We're really strong, you know, around Australia, but we still have so much more growth to do. And so I don't know if there's anything, there's a lot I want to achieve and achieve means that I'm going to go out and help as many people as I can. And to me, that's exciting to be able to grab someone and, you know, for them to be able to believe that they can go and achieve something. And uh, although I was able to achieve things in footy and I had talent, I seen a lot of people walk in with not a lot of talent and walk out with an extraordinary career. And so I try to have that mindset with my people too. And so I look forward to that. That means that I have to, number one, develop myself and number two, instill those sort of beliefs into my people. And a lot of people really lack that self-confidence. And I'll tell you now, Jamie, mm. I did too when I walked into the Carlton Football Club. So I am no different. And although I was talented, I still didn't feel like I belonged there for a long time. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm excited about awesome, that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's sort of, you've sort of finished it off there, which was going to go in nice little segue into my next question. You sort of said going into Carlton, you didn't feel that you belonged there. Like what was the upbringing like in regards to football and family to that moment there? Like in, on to tack on to what you said to, to make, like how come you felt that way? I had an incredible uh, junior football and athletic career. I had the choice in both sports, really. Um, yeah, a lot of people thought I took up footy in a later stage of my life and I was more of an athlete than a footballer being the first athlete to walk into the game. But I played footy at the age of eight and all the way through. So in winter, I played footy. In summer, I did athletics. Uh, I became Australian champion high jumper, Australian champion hurdler with an Australian record. I won many decathlon events. Um, but, the, you know, and even footy, by the time I was 14, I got a letter. I lived in the Carlton Zone, got a letter from the Carlton Football Club to go down there and uh, play in their development squad, which is which they no longer do now. But I played two years under 15s, made the Victorian team. I then got invited to the Carlton Football Club under-19s and I had to give away my beloved Lola Football Club that I loved and enjoyed that footy club. It was just like a lot of migrants and Australians were all one family. It was just a great time to grow up. And everyone loved each other. There was no real racism, you know what I mean? Those totally. sort of things. So I was fortunate that we had some really incredible guys there that are still friends now. But then I had to choose the Carlton Football Club. Uh, so I played two years there, made, you know, the Till Cup team, made the All-Australian team. That's when Carlton sort of offered me the contract. So I had an incredible athletic career and I was very talented and maybe didn't have to work as hard as some of the other kids uh, during my time as well. But uh, yeah, I, I walked in with just a little bit of, yeah, I didn't have, uh, you know what I mean, that self-belief. I didn't have that confidence to walk in and go, mate, I'm going to dominate here. I, I walked in thinking, do I belong here? I seen and looked at, you know, icons of the era that I walked in with, you know, your Kernans and Silvanis and Bradleys and all these sort of players that were not just, you know, cold and greats, but AFL, well, going to be AFL, totally. you know, they were super superstars. <laughs> so, you know, I was looking at them as a young kid going, wow, you know, men, strong, tough. So when I walked in, it was like, okay, you know, where do I fit here? You How know? old were you at that time? Bit... How old were you at that time? 17. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, 17. It was at, at the end, I was almost 18. Yeah. So it was at the end of 1990 yeah. and uh, then, yeah, nine in early 1991. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 18. So almost 18, really, but 17. Were you always sort of like that? Did you always have that mindset? Because what I'm trying to get, like, and it sort of goes into what you were saying as well, is trying to help instill people that, you know, you just got to turn up. We, did you always have that sort of, not so much did I be, do I belong here, but did you have any, like, was there self-confidence apparent in your life or was it just really at that Carlton stage that it, you really became real? Yeah, like I had confidence in the belief that, you know, I was a good athlete and could play football, but I never see myself, I don't know if I ever see myself as better than anyone else, you know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like I was, mate, look how good yeah. I am, you know, and we used to go and compete locally and even school athletics. And I used to have other kids from other schools follow me around to just watch me compete in the high jump and shot put. And it was like, you know, I mean, I had 10 people walking around going, hey, I heard you're good, you know, you're good. And they'd watch me do high jump and, you know, I'd wait till everyone bombed down, then I'd do my first <laughs> jump, and they're like, "What?" They're like, "How do you do that?" And it wasn't even high, you know. I just came, yeah. just put it over, just there. stepping over it. Yeah. And was, <laughs> really, man, it was just a few steps over, and then they're like, hey, "What?" They come to shot put, you know. So I still, I don't know, like I still seen the icons as, you know, like, "Wow, how do you get there, and how do you become mm. one of these?" Sort like, of like you were here, and they were like yeah. up here, so to say. Yeah, I sort of put them there. And so a lot of us put people up there and go, mate, they're so good that we can't be like them. But we don't realise that maybe they were like us, but just worked harder. And eventually they'd be, you know, overnight success is never usually overnight totally. success. It's usually hard work previously. Yeah. So 
you know, I had a long, long way to go, but by being in an, in an incredible environment, and so really it's who you sur surround yourself with. I surrounded myself by luck with some superstars. And by being around that environment, the first year I did struggle. I mean, I was a young kid trying to find my way. It was a, it was a, it was a tough environment. It was a man environment. You know, I was still a young kid, skinny kid, you know, walking in, getting hurt, bashed, unsure, you know, do I belong here? Moments of ups and downs and whatever. But by the second year, you start to get a little bit more familiar and comfortable with the surroundings. And, you know, when you go and compete against some of the great players, you lose the first time, you know, you lose 10 out of 10 usually. <laughs> then eventually you win. You go, how do I do that? You know, then eventually two or three confidence starts to build and go, actually, you know what, maybe I can beat him now, you know? So everything just takes a little bit of time. And uh, you're in a, in a different, uncomfortable environment. And the way it was back then was, you know, if you were a young kid, you have to try to mingle yourself into the become part of this culture and not be an outsider. Later on in my career, yeah. we welcomed the new players in and wanted them, you know, make sure they feel comfortable. Well, I walked in in an, in an area when it was tough, man. It was like, if you don't get to mingle with these guys, man, you, you won't belong Correct. here. So mm. it was like, you know, out of your comfort zone. And it's the only way to get yourself better is getting yourself out of your comfort zone. How did you do that though? Like you said, I said like that first year was a real struggle. So I'm guessing on your mind, it might've been like, well, do I actually even really fit here? Like, am I going to be able to do this? But how did you push through though? Because again, that's going to be, whether it's football, business, relationships, life, your career, your university, your schooling, whatever it is, there's going to be those moments where it's like, I actually need to push through now because it's like, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. Like, what was your mindset like then? I had a three-year contract to come. So I really had no choice unless I wanted to break that contract and just leave. And that I, I wouldn't have yeah. done because I felt like I'm contracted. I'm obligated to the football club, whether I like it or not, whether I'm playing good or bad, I've got to turn up. And because of that, I, I learned. I mean, people can just give things away because it becomes a little bit hard, but I was contracted. And so I just kept continually turning up. And, uh, you know, over time, I did get a little bit better. So it, it's that never give up mm. kind of spirit. I never had that. <laughs> But I guess I, I was felt like I was contracted there that I had to turn up. And so I learned the skill of don't give up because of that, you know? So I was a little bit lucky in that sort of way. Did you do anything in particular to change your mindset or ways? Or it was just purely like, I need to turn up again and again and go to the next contest and go to the next contest? Keep turning up, man. Just keep turning up. You have good and bad days. And some days you think, man, I can beat them. Next time they beat you. And next time you go out and you beat them and you work that little bit harder, mm. do a little bit extra and all that sort of stuff. And then it starts to unfold. Sometimes, you know, your vision is like not clear, man. It's clouded. It's like, man, I don't know where I'm going. I'm not sure if I can actually make it. Then something opens up for you. You know what I mean? And on, on you go. Was there a moment? Was there a moment for you that it actually opened up? Was it like, was it a game or a season or like a moment where it, like it, it felt like shit? I'm I've hit my flow here. I've hit my stride. Like it's working. It was, uh, you know, in 91, I didn't get a game. 92, I played six games. 93, I played eight games. 94, I played the first half and I got dropped for two weeks and I thought it was the end of my career. And the club sent me to a sports psychologist. His name was Anthony Stewart. I sat down with him, wonderful guy. He taught me these words, I can, I will. You just watch me. And he made them write them down in my diary and highlight them every single day. And I, I used those words. Two weeks later, I got picked again for the senior team and I never looked back. So it was three and a half years. That was the moment there that changed my life and my career forever. And if I had given up, I never would have accomplished the things that I did. Probably would have went back to local footy. Maybe have been, oh, geez, he was a good local footy player, which is not good, good enough in the AFL. You know, was it me? Was it the coach? You know, was it the, the selectors that maybe didn't see the potential in me initially? Maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I certainly didn't get a lot of confidence from a lot of the coaches there at the footy club. They certainly, a lot of them didn't embrace me. Rod Ashman did. He was a terrific guy. He was our reserves coach. But within the match committee, there was probably two or three or four of the people there that didn't really think too highly of me. And it took a long time for me to become a senior player. I looked at others and I thought, I know I'm better than them. I had a wonderful family. Mum and dad were incredible support. And so were my brothers who just kept saying, you're actually the best player there. You're the best player. And I was like, I couldn't see it. They could see something more in me. But because I kept getting deflated by you know, what was said to me in my head over there that I, I, I couldn't shine until that moment in 94 when he finally, you know, David Parkin picked me on the wing. And from that moment onwards, I never looked back. Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? 
Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. I love the clarity that you have of the moments. Like you can obviously tell like the memories are still vivid. They're still bright. They're still there. Uh, and they're obviously life-changing moments for you. Um, you know, we, we touched on earlier, like the, the 95 grand final. What about that though? Sorry, let, let's, let me ask one more question before that. Cause I know that might go for a couple of minutes. What was your best lesson? Like what did AFL teach you about life? You know, your, your goal, my goal was to play AFL footy, you know, and uh, I just wanted to play the very best that I could. And so it taught me that things don't come easy. Like you've got to work hard. I know some players walk in and they get the opportunity. And I know the club see some players and go, mate, you, we're just going to keep playing you. We're going to keep playing you, keep playing you until you become good. Some players get that opportunity. And there's others I look at and go, wow, man, this guy's good. And the coach keeps berating them and they never really get the best out of them. And so, unfortunately, that's the environment. I could have gone either way. I look at it now and just go, wow, I'm lucky. You know what I mean? I watch my kids now and some of their coaches and I don't agree with some of the coaches now. And I think sometimes there's a lot of politics that get involved. I really don't like that. But that's the way, you know, life is. And I, when I look back now, I think um, there was some politics back then as well. And so it can be hard. But, the, you know, that belief and persistence and just you just got to keep going and don't let anyone you know, put you down. But within yourself, you know, you've got to believe in yourself. You, you know, that confidence you've got to have. Good. Let's talk about the 95 grand final. Because um, the question I actually have here, one of your greatest memories playing AFL. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's going to sort of answer it. Um, that's, that's it. it. That's the, that's the full stop. But t- like the lead up, now that you've you know dived a little bit deeper into you know the build up you had to 95, the struggles of you know 91 to 93, and then 94 playing a few more games into 95. But what did it mean for you? What did it mean for the club? What did it do for you? Most importantly, as well. Yeah, so I always look back and that one day in September was uh, worth all the heartache and pain and blood, sweat and tears that I went through, all those emotions that I went through, some of those tough moments when the coach was, I thought, was unfair in what he, you know, he, you know, uh, said about me, you know, and uh, maybe his definition or description of the way that maybe I played or trained and I just disagreed with it. But, you know, it was all worth it. And this is why I always say to my people, don't ever quit or give up because you just don't know what's ahead. What if I did quit? You know, I wouldn't have won... That grand final was the greatest day of my life at the age of 22 back in 1995. What an amazing feeling it was. And our club was, you know, the most successful club in the competition, no doubt about it. 93 got to the grand final, but Essendon beat us. Well, not me, because I was emergency. I sat in the grand final and watched that loss. And 94, we were on top of the ladder with a week to go, and we lost that last round, and then we went out in straight sets. So everyone in 95 was saying that we were too old and too slow. Well, we only lost two games in the entire year and we walked into the grand final, not even as favourites, Geelong were favourites to win, I don't know how, that grand final. But by the last quarter and the, and the build-up, I'll tell you about the build-up. I mean, Carlton was so popular as a team. We'd stand there for an hour, an hour and a half after training in finals, signing you know autographs. When we couldn't do a grand final week. It was mayhem. We had to sneak into the club two hours before training had been started just to get away from it. And uh, it was just really, you know, it was zapping. As much as we love the supporters and so grateful for them, it was it was hard to stand there for an hour, an hour and a half during the final series signing autographs when you had so much to do. And so the car, the Thursday night running out from the race, man, with thousands of supporters there and chanting your name, never forget, man. I mean, these are the highs of life that sometimes people will struggle then to become that mm. normal person like yeah. myself. You go from up there and all of a sudden you're just the average person now like anyone else. And so you really have to adjust to it. And it's not easy for your mindset, but, you know, that's the way life is and you have to accept it. But the car parade going through around the city too, I mean, we were like, Peter Dean described Dan's Crystal and I as like being with the Beatles. I mean, we were probably the peak of our, you know what I mean? We, we were just young kids that were coming through the ranks of our popularity was probably at its peak right then and then back in 1995 because we're winning games and we were like two of the young guns coming through as well. And that's the way, you know, anytime a young player comes through and they're playing well, we're going to like, oh, wow, look at these players. Totally. Especially in the 90s when the game of footy was a religion, you know what I mean? It was the greatest game in the world, I reckon, in the Still 80s is. and 90s. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. But maybe I don't think it's as good as what it was True. before. And um, so, yeah, and then, of course, that grand final day, I remember 
uh, you know, in the last quarter, we were up by 80 odd points. And I looked around, 90,000 people at the MCG, Jamie, like, how do you explain that, man? I'm just, I was just trying to suck in the moment, you know? And then when that siren went, oh my God, I went nuts, man. We celebrated for six weeks <laughs> and it was bit that we did, man. I put on about eight kilos during that journey, man. But we just drank and celebrated, mate. It was worth it. What an unbelievable time to be alive. What an unbelievable time to be, you know, in Australia. What an incredible country it was. But, you know, back then, it still is a wonderful country. But, like, the, the freedom that we had back then was just, you can't, you know, explain. It was unbelievable. For you, did that change your internal self-worth, self-confidence to say, like I'm worthy, like, even though, like you said, like 93, 94, 95 had great seasons, but there was still that self doubt as whether you deserve to be there. Did the grand final change that for you? Well, I never really still see myself as probably the best player there at the club. You know what I mean? Well, your Kernans and your Silvanis and Bradleys and Greg Williams mm-hmm. is the greatest player I played with. So I always seen, you know, them above me, but I just went out there to just try to do the very best that I could, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I guess if in hindsight I went back to what I understand now, maybe I would have been different. There's no doubt about it. But I was just enjoying every every little moment that I could, you know, playing this uh, wonderful game of football. Totally. That's one thing that I've sort of learned over, you know, my time as well. Is like you said, that last thing you said, enjoy the moments. Um, because, yeah, like you'll look back and you have all the memories like, and you have them very clearly now still. Uh, you know, but definitely enjoy every single little moment that it that it brings. But thank you for giving us some details on that. I really appreciate it. Uh, I still remember Carlton's uh, heyday. Uh, I'm a Tiger supporter, so I never really used to like Carlton because you always beat us. So, um, but I always loved you though. I can tell you that much. Um, what sort of Good. what sort of um, I want to sort of touch now into sort of business and financials and and sort of sport crossover sort of thing for you. Did you have that yeah. business mindset while you were playing? maybe sort of like the second half of your career while you were still in sport? Yeah, I was searching for something. Um, I always knew footy would, you know, the time was running out. I knew that. I mean, I was 34 when I retired. I thought I was ready for the outside world, but I also thought, you know, that maybe I'll be back at some, you know, some sort of role in football when I retired anyway, you know, but I think I wanted to get out there for a good year and at least, you know, examine and just see what was out there for myself too, because, we got stuck in that, you know, cocoon world of football. And like the last five years was pretty full, pretty much full-time footy. And so you really couldn't do anything outside of footy. And David Park and where he was good was that he'd always say to us, do things outside of footy so you're prepared. But the last five years under Dennis, he was a bit different. He was a bit like footy, 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 and don't worry about afterwards, just do whatever, you know what I mean? So it was a little bit different. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't, you know. And so I went out of the world. We, I got into a franchise, one shop. Everyone thinks I own the whole thing. I'm just so lucky. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that was started well, but then that just by the second, third year, just went, went the other way of what we were expecting. I mean, it, it probably wasn't run, not probably. It wasn't run as well as what it should have been. And so they're the lessons that you learn in life. I never see it as a failure, but it is, you know what I mean? Like a lesson. So was that, that straight after going, footy? Like out of footy and into yeah. that franchise? Pretty much, man. In 07, it, it started. So it was towards really, I probably played another a month or two after it opened, then I was pretty much done. And yeah. and so, okay. You know, I went into Gladiators. I did a show called Gladiators as well. And so it was a bit of like, you know, find my way. And no doubt after a year, I tried to get back into the Carlton Football Club and there was nothing there available for me. There was nothing in AFL. I went to the AFL. They said, I've got no, we've got no money. We've got no one. And two, about two or three months later, they signed up another two players. So they had the money, but they just, you know, they just do whatever they want to do anyway. So basically from then... I was out of the AFL field. So from the age of 14 to the age of 34, there I am in the footy world, loved the Carlton Football Club, dedicated my life to them. They had offers from other teams and never accepted because I always just wanted to stay there. But, you know, you, you realise then, you know, loyalty, you start to go, okay, maybe it's not like what the way that I thought and the way that I was brought up about loyalty and that as well, that sometimes you've got to look at yourself. And so I did get lost. After football, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I was working, but I wasn't happy there. You know what I mean? Like life was just like, man, what am I going to do? I've got so much more life to live, so much more that I want to do. And, uh, you know, I've got three kids, man. I've got to keep working, you know. And so life was tough during that period, man. It was a, it was a soul-searching time. And, uh, yeah, I got yeah, I, I was in a low period in my life, no doubt about did, it. Did, do you see that as a sort of a catalyst to where you are now? Or can you look back? Obviously, we can look back and say we can do things differently. 
but was that like a real telling time for you to go on and do what you've done? Like, do you, are you sort of in a way grateful yeah. for that? Like, I'm glad that happened that you didn't go back into footy. Yeah. I had uh, a business development weekend and thought of the things that imagine I didn't find what I, what I do now. I don't know where I'd be. You know what I mean? Like how unhealthy I would have been probably mentally and physically as well. And so I'm really goal driven, you know what I mean? I've got to have things that I've got to go out and try to chase and achieve. And, you know, you, you go through your ups and downs. I can't just be stagnant and totally. just rely on others. So totally. I learned during that period that I can't rely on other people, whether it's the footy club or the people within the footy club. I'll always love the football club. I mean, the people different. People come and go in there and people like you and some people don't. During my playing days, I got along with everyone really well, I thought, but who knows what they thought, you know? That's and so right. now I know and understand that. At the end of the day, you got to look after yourself. Build something for yourself is the best way to do it than rely on someone else or a mm. boss. And so I'm lucky I found, you know, the Herbalife business and, uh, you know, in the way a lot of people told me, don't do it, it's this and that, had their opinions. But I looked within the company. It was the most extraordinary company that I'd ever seen. And so I found love with number one with the products and number two, then I seen the bigger vision of the picture uh, of the business and what, what I could achieve and so I went for do it. That. Now, obviously, yeah. with with, you know, because I, I want to ask a bit more about, like, you know, he had that, like, that soul-searching time, a little bit lost. Like, what did you do in that time to try different things? Because now, especially coming out of COVID, there's probably a lot of people out there who maybe in 2020 either lost their jobs or were made redundant or, you know, are looking or had that time to think. And I'm like, well, what do I actually really want to do with my life? Like, what, what meaning do I want to give it? Like, any advice, any tips, anything that you did back then or anything that, you're, you know, you're talking about now? with people because I find that really relevant right now. I don't know if, if yourself as well, um, but there's a lot of people out there who are wanting change, who want to go out there and start their own business, who are wanting to do things that they've never done before because they've realized how quickly life can change. Yeah, look, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I was lucky because, you know, I needed to find something that I, with a love, you've got to love and have love and passion. And some people get involved in the job and just stay at a job, but really number one, they can achieve more in life. And number two, some of them have bigger dreams, but they get stuck because, you know, their bosses hold them back or their job opportunities don't give them what they're looking for. So sometimes we just choose the wrong vehicle from where we want to go. So I know there's a lot of driven people out there that are probably stuck at a job but have to do it because they've got to pay their bills. bills and mm. Myself, man, I was trying to do everything I could. I was still reading at that time. I still wrote down goals, although, you know, like things weren't happening for me. I just knew the power of the mind because, you know, that that mind, if we don't work it to the way that we want it to work, it just goes wherever it wants to go. And so I knew during that tough period that I still, and I had a wonderful, like, wife that supported me as well. Like, she never stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. And that that's, I'm very fortunate that way as well. And, um, you know, I just kept working on myself. And that's when this evolved. My business evolved in a year after. For a good year, I struggled with my health. I was sleeping 11 hours a night, struggled to get out of bed. You know, I'd get home from work, I'd sleep on the couch, I had all these other health issues, doctors, allergy specialists, blood specialists, everything they told me to do, nothing helped. I was eating, even eating organic food and that didn't help. So a friend of mine doing this business approached me for the business, not so much the products, but I was like, okay, but I went through it and seen the research and whatever. Anyway, jumped on the product skeptically. Six days later, these products changed my life. I was full of energy again. And I have not Love stopped it. taking the product every day. It would be 10 years as of February, so next month. And uh, there, I fell in love with the product. So that's when I got intrigued by the business. I knew the guy that uh, rang me up was very, very successful in the business. And so I needed to go see it myself and a lot of skeptics around or whatever. But you don't, you know what I mean? Like if you believe in something, you know it's authentic and you believe from true of your heart that this is authentic, go for it. Don't worry about what people say. And that's what I did. I was like, whether my wife agreed or not, you know what I mean? I, I was just like, whether my best mates or my brothers or mum, I was going this way here and I went and that's, that's what I did. And so I was lucky that I did because imagine I listened to all them. I wouldn't be in the position totally. that I am now. I work from home. I have business, you know, mainly in Australia, but still we've expanded overseas in that as well. It's you know, a very exciting period for us. I love that. I love that. I love what you said there as well as, you know, sort of staying true, find your love and the passions, but you still kept reading. You still kept learning. You still kept writing your goals down, even in those times. And then it sort of manifested out to having someone reach out to you and say, hey, this is what we've got. Uh, and and I, you know what, what, what I've like just listening to that story and, and you know, thinking of others uh, of myself as well, like 
that opportunity probably would have always been there. But if you hadn't kept self-developing, you hadn't kept reading and, and writing goals down, you might have just waved that opportunity away. You know, but because you kept Jamie, what are, yeah. Right. Sorry, you go. What I was gonna say is because you kept like sticking to the path, you like, you know, I still need to read, still need to develop, still need to look after myself as an individual. When that opportunity did arise, you're like, you know what, I'm gonna explore that. Like you were open to it. You weren't closed off to other other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, it all comes down with your energy, you know. Like if I was in a depressed sort of mode, which I was in a low period of my life, I just don't probably see it as being depressed. You know, a lot of people suffer with that, and I can understand people get on medication and stuff. I was at a low period. Like I had a lot of them though in my footy career, so I understood that sometimes in life things don't go. But what comes out of there usually something better 100%. after you find yourself. And I worked really hard in those three years to really find myself. And you're right that's when the opportunity came. If I wasn't in a good state of mind, I may not have been open to that, you know? And so always, you know what I mean? Stay and work this, work this here and get yourself to that higher level so you can see a little bit more clarity of what's up there and not stay down there with people that just, you know, gossip and negative stuff and whatever. I just tried to just eliminate that out of my life to stay positive. We're here only for a short time, you know? And 100%. like, as I start to age, I'm father at a young age, man. And so, you know, I, I want to just continue to just work on myself, spend time with the family, my close friends and my business partners that I love and adore. And I'm happy and content in that way. That. What did you do to, to, to handle the outside voices? Because again, that's a very common thing. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are. You obviously would have copped it with football, you know, hearing it from the crowd, but then also hearing it from the media and hearing it from inside the club and then getting into the business world. And still probably today, you, there's obviously that negative stigma around, you know, what it is that you do. How do you handle it? Someone's listening, whether it is, it's something completely different. doesn't matter what it is. How do you handle the, the negative talk or the, or the backlash, so to say? Look, you have to expect you're going to get it from some people. I was lucky in footy. Majority of people were so, so good to me. Yeah, there was some that didn't like, but that's life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to probably like everyone <laughs> as well. I let them go and let them do whatever. And that's, people's opinions are, are going to come whether you like it or not. I mean, people, I think there's some people out there that just love that negativity side and just want to do that. And that's their life, man. And if they're happy, man, and want to attract that sort of thing, happy go days. for it. You know what I mean? But yeah, oh, myself, like, I, you know, copping it in footy, I understand that people are going to, you know, whatever, have negative things and whatever, and just to keep moving on and belief. I always say, as long as you know deep down inside, like what I said before, that it's authentic you're doing the right thing and you're helping people for the right reasons and you're not even you know what i mean like you're doing it for that then then that's fine and that's all i've done and uh, you know hanging around those like-minded people and uh you know the business that i've got i've got some extraordinary uh, incredibly incredibly successful people and we get to learn from that so i learn from people that i you know like i said before you got to look at them and hope to be there one day I look at them too and hope to be like them one day as well. And so I'm still chasing. Awesome. I'm constantly chasing. Love that. What advice would you give to someone that's, you know, in their sporting career now, whether it's AFL or whatever sporting career it might be, about setting up for the future? After footy, I mean, like, or becoming... Or even during, like, let's say they're already... It, let's say they're already a footy player. They're in the AFL now, or they're you know young, bet they want to get into football. Like that's what most uh, you know kids' dreams are to play AFL. What can they start to think about or do now in preparation for post footy career? Oh well, there's a lot. I mean, you know, work on yourself, do some courses, do whatever, man. Like find something you're gonna love with a passion afterwards. Some people, a lot of the players might want to get back into footy. I mean, don't rely on just a football club, but just think of course after footy because uh you know growing up i thought i was just going to play footy forever and the years went slow you know i mean they're like oh my god my whole life was sports sport footy footy like i, I couldn't imagine myself after footy you know what i mean because i was just like sports sport footy footy and then the time comes and so always be prepared for that and i think now the clubs are better than what they i assume i don't really know in honesty jamie but i assume they are a lot more prepared than what we were back in the other day. I like it. I like it. And, and, and it's and it's valuable content and that's valuable feedback. And you know what I love about that, Kuda, is it's not like fluffy stuff. Like it's not like, you know, wishy-washy, just, you know, whatever. It's relevant. It doesn't matter whether you're an AFL player or you've finished uni and you don't know if you want to follow that path and you want to go and do something else. It's, just, it's the core concept of, you know, follow what it is that you really passionate and love doing, but also develop yourself. Continually doing that, I think is really important now. Um, what were some of the biggest fears that you you feel that you had to break through, you know, sort of through footy, out of footy, into business now? What, what were some of the top fears that you had um, as, 
you know, Kuda, who most people on TV would have watched as this guy coming out on the footy field and dominating. But for you as the individual, like what were some of those core for you? Some of my fears, of course, you know, when you play bad, like I felt like I needed to play good all the time. And those fears, I guess, continue to push me to train that little bit harder and uh, get a little bit better uh, and stuff like that. You know, I guess I had a little bit of pride in the way that I played. And so I always tried to just do that little bit more. And so I'm probably a little bit still like that now. You know what I mean? I don't want to look like, oh, my God, he's got no idea or whatever. He's, you know, so I just continually work in that sort of way. But footy, definitely, I felt pressure all the time, you know, in footy. Uh, to perform well and but because of that I you know I mean like I never even my greatest game that I may have played or my top three or four I always looked at them and thought you know what I can still improve mm. on them I never felt like man I've mastered this game of footy if you ever feel that way man you're going to get chewed up and spat out so so quickly and so you have to continually work hard I like it I like it what, what would you say are you a better businessman or footy player uh, footy became and footy was a lot more natural. And I said it to like uh, yesterday. I did a speech on the stage. I'm sorry, it was Saturday two days ago. I did a speech on the stage, and I said I come into this business world uh, with a, a lot of things that I need to improve on. You know, I don't see myself as being the best here, but what I have learned in my past is that I'll continue to work hard because I've seen players that didn't have a lot of talent walk in the footy field, but come out of there and achieve so much. And so, football was. And sport was natural for me. I think I was yeah. gifted in that sort of way. Not to say I didn't have to work hard. I did have to work extremely hard to get the best out of myself. But in the business world, it's a little bit different for me. I have uh, little areas that I need to improve on, but I continue to do that. And I, I love it. I, I never never will say I've mastered the business. Well, I never will. Even you know, if I get to where I want to get to, I'll still say, you know what I mean? There's ways to improve. There's always more. There's always more out there, which that's, I think that's one thing I love about the whole business world is that there is no end technically. If you think you've done well in this industry, well, there's another million industries you can get yourself into and you can start from the bottom again uh, and build up there. What would you say your top three habits, Kuda, for, for getting you into the optimum, you know, you for the day, whether it's business world, sport world, Whatever world, like what do you do consistently, non-negotiable, everyday, top three things? Top three things? Well, I've got a morning routine now. So I think it's, you know, the, the disciplines, you know, committed, commitment to your goals, you know, it's all those things that I really, you know, focus on and, and that, you know, now I guess it's that, um, you know, belief also. So it, I don't know, I have a morning routine. I just try to stick to my structure. So it's that co commitment and disciplines that you do daily, those little things that count, you know what I mean, that people forget about. And I always say to my people, it's what you do behind closed doors is what really defines you because you can tell me whatever it is that you want to and I don't have a camera to watch you around. But if you're doing bad, you've got bad habits at home, like that's going to come you out. Show. Like for me in football, yeah. For me in footy, if I cheated a little bit, don't train here, let me hide here or whatever, I got found out on the footy field in front of thousands of people and said, I didn't do it because I didn't want to feel that way, you know. But uh, for the people now, they can, uh, you know, look, obviously uh, do whatever they want to behind closed doors. So I always tell them that's the time that will define whether you're successful or not. I like it. I like it. And it, it was pretty much like you had, you know, 80,000, 50,000, 90,000 people every weekend keeping you accountable. Did you train this week? <laughs> you had nowhere to hide. Yeah. Uh, you had the whole country watching yeah. TV watching you. Um, I like that. Do you remember a moment where you sort of said, it might be two answers, this one in the sporting and then post-sporting where you, not that you said I've made it, but you sort of said like, wow, like this is real. Like this is what I dreamed it to be. Like I'm living the life I dreamed when I was a youngster or the visions I had. Was there a moment when you realized that? I think that the moment when I, I after getting dropped in 94 and I, you know, played that, you know, great game when I came back. I think that moment there's that belief and confidence started to grow. And that's probably when I felt like, okay, you know, I actually can play this game now, you know? And then I, I think I was in the best plays every week after that, except for probably the last finals game. And uh, yeah, I started to, people started to notice me. So maybe that was the sort of time when I started to go, okay, now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm ready now. I'm ready. This is it. You know, it was that moment when I just, and I started to do just some things that other players couldn't do, you know, some moves or whatever. And it was just like, okay, here we go. Now this is the real me yeah. coming out of yeah. myself. I love that how it came on the back of like a, a downtime. Like you said, you were dropped for two weeks. Like the best version of yeah. you was unlocked when you were dropped. 
Yeah. Like, and there's like a really good metaphor there for it, for people listening. It's like even if you do go through a bit of a shit time or as a shit period, like the best version of you is probably coming out on the other side of it, um, which is really yeah. cool. You know, <clears throat> what you're doing now, because I was going to say is, you know, playing footy, what you envisioned being a youngster, because obviously it was, but what you're doing now, the lifestyle you live, what you, the, 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 the Anthony Kudafidis that you are today, is it what you thought you would be 10 years ago leaving footy? No, 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 definitely wasn't. I mean, I, I don't know what my vision was, you know. Was I to go back or was I to be some, you know, guru franchisee, owner of a few you know, restaurants or whatever? But, uh, yeah, I just needed to find myself. So I didn't really have this vision because I didn't even know this business existed, in all honesty. Mm. And I, I didn't know people could work from home and build a business around the world in that sort of, you know, manner as well. So I definitely, if anything, it would have been more a conventional style business, not so much as what I do I now. like it, I like it. Last few questions as we start to wrap it up. And again, I really appreciate your time. I'm sure the listeners and watchers are, are taking so much from it. Is there, is there one thing in particular, like, and it's not about like what makes you special, but was there, is there something that you can put it down to There's to like, why did you make it? You know, like you said, you came from, you know, Laylaw, Northern Suburbs, under 14s, got the letter, played there for a couple of years, did the, you know, juniors, did the 19s all the way through, got dropped a few times, had a few bad games. Like what about it in you that I, I never yeah. I never quit, Jamie, man. I never quit. And I told you why. I probably would have. Someone described something as tapping out, you know, UFC fighters, sometimes you tap out. I, I reckon if I wasn't contracted, I did tap out. But I just couldn't because I was contracted. So I learned it. I'm I'm lucky. I could have easily been just that local footballer if I had a quit. And I I, I stayed and persisted. And so Man, if you're a young kid trying to, you know, achieve it in sport, and I've got a son now who's trying to do it too. He's going, it hasn't been easy for him, you know. Son, if you want it, we just got to keep going because you don't know what's ahead, you know. And so he's, it's been tougher for him. And so I realise now how political, you know, the things are, and we just got to keep going, man. Don't quit, don't 100%. quit. You know, the personal development helps you, helps you, you know, for your mental mindset. But the challenges are really, the men, personal development prepare you for challenges that are going to come, but the challenges help you grow, if that makes I like sense. You know? I like it. I like yeah. it. Did you always have that never quit attitude and and like even growing up? No way. No way. Man, I, I was so gifted or whatever. It was like, man, if they don't want, I don't care, you know. What was the flip? What was the switch then? Like, why did you have it then? Because I, I walked into the most powerful, most incredible football club with the most incredible players around me. And so I learned from the best... And then I look at them and go, what do they do that's different to me? Number one, their training intensity was higher. They did a little bit extra, or more, whatever. You know what I mean? More serious, whatever. I learned from them. And so by being around an environment of successful players, I mean, back then to be a footballer, man, it's we're talking, you know, 1%, 2%, I don't know what percent of players that walk in and trying to get to there. And I was there in this, you know, successful environment of champion players. So I got to learn from not just one, it was probably 20 or 30 players around that just brought leadership qualities to that football club. And so by being around there as a young kid, that made me grow a lot quicker mm. than what I would have if I was just at a local football club because these guys were professional and these guys were the best. And so I looked at them to in order to improve. I love that. What's so good about him? What's so good about him? What's so good about him? Okay, now I'm starting to understand. I need to improve here, 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 and here. And if I can do that, I'll start to raise the bar. And that's how it works. I love that. I love that. And you, you said it at the start and you said it throughout the entire thing. It's the power of being around the right people. And it's what you've created within your business. And it's what you anyone can create is having a great network and a great little camaraderie around you or people that you look up to, people that are a couple steps ahead for you to step up and, and follow in the footsteps of. So no, that, that that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I talk to a lot of people and they're really negative. You know what I mean? On the phone, I'm just like, but you just got to have a different, you know what I mean? Like you, your wordings have to change. Like you just have to be different. I, I'm not perfect. Believe me. Like, you know, I get hit down anxiety. You know, I'm no different to anyone else. You know what I mean? But all I do is I continue to work on myself to get myself better and surround myself with like-minded mm. people. And that's the key to it. You know, I don't sit there and try to gossip all day. I've got better things to do in my life, totally. you know, and people with their shows, I don't watch a lot of television. Yeah. I have no idea. You know what I mean? But that's why I am. Love it. I love it. The only the only the only TV I watch is footy and F1. Um, that's it. And a bit of cricket. Don't want a bit of cricket. That's for sure. Uh, last question as we as we wrap it up, and I think I might know the answer. This one. I think you might have answered it earlier, but I'm going to ask it. 
just in case there's something else. Was there something that someone ever said to you, something that you heard, something that you read, something that was, you know, brought to you that really changed your perspective of what it is that you do and it's something that you draw back on now? Like in a tough time, is there something that you like, there's a quote that you're like, I, that's what I say to myself. I can, I will, you just watch me. I still use it now, man. I love that. And they're just wonderful words. I went to training with that sort of attitude. I can, I will, you just watch me. I can, I will, you just watch me. I can, I will, you just watch me. And then just my mindset changed. I love that. I love that. Well, Kudo, this has been incredible. Uh, I've got tons of notes here personally that I've taken away from it. And I know that the listeners and the watchers are also going to get a lot out of it too. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Where would, you know, Anyone watching and listening, go and follow Kuda for sure. There's tons of uh, advice and tips uh, and lots of knowledge to be learned as well from, from someone who's achieved a lot and he's going to go on to achieve a lot more as well. Where would be the best spot for someone to, to find more, follow you, learn, be a part of what it is that you do? Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. I've got a public Facebook page, Instagram too. You know, I mean, just follow. And in my stories, I try to. I've been a bit, you know, I've got a lot on now, but I try to just, you know, show my world within the stories as much as I possibly can and, you know, what I do throughout my daily uh, routine, you know, as people start to age, you, you've got to like really look after yourself. And if you ask me what's more important training, you know, the exercise or nutrition part or the mindset, we described as 20% is exercise, 80% nutrition, 100% mindset. Love that. Nutrition. That's the key, man. Nutrition is the key. People go, but during this lockdown, I just, because I didn't do my 10,000 steps and I'll put on, no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't probably do 10,000 steps a day either. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. I stuck it's funny right. that they come to you with those excuses like that may have worked for nine other people that you speak to but for me it ain't gonna work i get how it works Mate, i love it i love it if you need to do 20 10,000 20,000 steps every day to, to maintain your weight then mate your nutrition's not right because you know this week i've trained maybe twice or whatever yeah. people say you train every day i don't but my nutrition my nutrition and I still enjoy myself. Like I still eat, you know, being having an Italian mother, still pasta and pizza and totally. hands, crystal hands, fish and chips, mate, I've got to have my burgers. <laughs> love me potato cakes, love me dimmy. So I still enjoy myself. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, 90% of the time I'm, I'm very, you know, to the point. What I do. Isn't that the idea of it? Having fun on the journey, enjoying what it is that you do, still staying. staying you know I don't know how people eat little bits of food like this. I'm dieting. You know, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I've never been able to do it. I still Tell me about bread, it. So I, I can't do it, man. And so that's how our community works, man, is that we will get you down and then we will enjoy our life as well. And that's what my coaches and all that, our customers do. I love that. So, well yeah. done, buddy. Well done. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you're watching and listening, go and follow Kuda. Um, there's tons of beautiful content out there and a lot to learn. That's one thing I like as well. You know, And I'll only ever suggest people to go and I want to get people on the show. And that's why I want to finish with this is I only ever want to get people on the show that actually give real value out there. And it's worth following. You know, it, it's I don't want to try and get people on the show who read a book 100 years ago and are still talking about that. So like people that have done stuff and then also doing things now, real life. Um, so thank you for everything you've that you've done, Kuda, and, you, and you're doing. Thank you so much for even making the time today to be on the show. Um, I hope you've had a bit of fun on, on the journey. Uh, but everyone else out there, make sure you go and follow Kuda. Uh, connect with him online as well. Uh, and thank you for tuning into this episode and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, Make today count and be great.